Bam Shisa of Shachta of Tarabam Arab Mara Asra Malaiva Bosai. On this evening the Yom Iyun was scheduled None of us anticipated the heightened level of awareness and profound concern for Eretz Yisrael which we'd all be feeling tonight. Now in fact, Eretz Yisrael is always central and critical to our lives, to our religious identity and being. Uh, to echo Rabbi Tadabam's tefillah, May this evening's Divrei Torah regarding the centrality of Eretz Yisrael serve as a zchus and help bring about the Yeshua's Hashem Keherifayin which we so desperately need and for which we so desperately long. Let's briefly and certainly incompletely review the centrality of Eretz Yisrael within Halacha. Now, the most obvious area within Halacha is one we'll just mention, but not, not dwell on. And obviously there is a whole Seder and Mishnayas of Zroyim dealing with mitzvahs atzliyos ba'aretz, which as the Mishnah and Kiddushan tells us, they call mitzvah shehitzliyah ba'aretz. Any mitzvah which relates to the ground is Noheges exclusively in Eretz Yisrael is only operative in Eretz Yisrael with the three exceptions of Orla the fruit of the first three years from the fruit tree Kilayim crossbreeding and Chodosh which of course is, is much more complicated in terms of whether it is or is not operative in Chutzlar it's Bizman Hazer but possibly the third exception of Chodosh grain which had not been planted at least a couple of days before Pesach that it's also to eat that until the Tezayan Nisan of next Pesach and again of course that, that's complicated so that's one whole area of Halacha again it comprises uh, just about one-sixth of Mishnayis the Gemara Selta tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu desired very strongly, he craved to enter Eretz Yisrael because he wanted an opportunity to be Mekayim, to fulfill all these mitzvahs atzliyos ba'aretz. The second obvious area of halacha, mitzvah which comes to mind, is the mitzvah aseh which the Ramban enumerates, in his opinion, the Rambam, the Rambam, mistakenly omitted this from his enumeration of the Tariyag Mitzvah, so that is that the Ramban counts living in Eretz Yisrael, gaining control of Eretz Yisrael, and settling Eretz Yisrael as a mitzvah as a mitzvah which is operative in all generations, at all times. And the Ramban quotes from Chazal, that Yeshivas Eretz Yisrael Shkula Kenegid Kola Mitzvahs that this is such a weighty mitzvah that in some sense it is the equal of all other mitzvahs but what is worth underscoring and illustrating 
is how Eretz Yisrael is central to halacha even in areas seemingly removed or independent of Eretz Yisrael. In Inyane Orachayim, seemingly, equally, all these mitzvahs and dinim which are equally operative in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaretz, and nevertheless, even in this context, Eretz Yisrael is central. Perhaps the most repercussive halacha is the fact that the halacha's international dateline is determined by Eretz Yisrael. Exactly how is subject to a major, major dispute, perhaps amongst the Rishonim, certainly amongst the Poskim, but everyone agrees that Eretz Yisrael is central in determining that dateline. Whether Eretz Yisrael is central in that we only look at Eretz Yisrael as the center of an upper hemisphere of the globe and that the dateline therefore is 90 degrees east of Yerushalayim so that, so that if you go east of Yerushalayim the day will begin up to six hours earlier than the day begins in Yerushalayim and it will begin as late as 18 hours afterwards but again, even if that's the, the, the dateline as the Rabbi Yehuda HaLevi and the Kuzari explains, that's again because of the centrality of Eretz Yisrael, but that we're looking at, again, the upper hemisphere, again, which was where all civilization existed until just a few centuries ago, and because of Eretz Yisrael's centrality, that that dateline is determined. And certainly, according to the Postkim, that we go 180 degrees both east and west of Eretz Yisrael, so then certainly we're looking at Eretz Yisrael as the center of the world, and the day can begin as much as 12 hours before, it, before the day begins in Eretz Yisrael, and the day can begin as much as 12 hours after. So, up, so according to that view in the Postkin, Shabbos can begin as you go 180 degrees east, it will begin as much as 12 hours Ahead of Eretz Yisrael, as you go 180 degrees west, it will begin as much as 12 hours after Eretz Yisrael. But the common denominator of both opinions is that everyone agrees that the dateline is dictated by the centrality of Eretz Yisrael. And this, of course, affects everything we do. It affects when we keep Shabbos, how we keep Shabbos, it affects... Uh, it affects uh, davening every day, everything, all the halachas and orachayim which hinge on day and night and times of the day. So all of that, again, not necessarily foremost in our consciousness, but all of that is linked to Eretz Yisrael and again, testimony to the centrality of Eretz Yisrael. In, in Bikas Hanenin, there is a halacha, let's say one is about to partake of two fruits. Two fruits, both of which the, 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 the appropriate bracha is bore eights. So one's going to have, let's say for argument's sake, an, an apple and a pomegranate. So the, one is only going to make one bracha, the, it's berchosei and shavos, right? They both warrant the same bracha of bore eights. So the question is, which of the two should I taste first? Which of the two should the bracha relate to most directly, most immediately? 
Should it be, should it be the, the apple? Should it be the pomegranate? And let's say for argument's sake that my preference is that in general I enjoy an apple more than I enjoy a pomegranate. So nevertheless, Rabbi Yehuda maintains, and according to most we shown them, this is how we paskin. We paskin like Rabbi Yehuda. This is also the impression which the Mechaber gives in Shulchan Aruch, that min shiva adif that if amongst the two competing fruits one of them is one of the seven fruits one of the seven species associated with Eretz Yisrael Eretz Chita Usa'ora V'gafen Usa'eno Rimon Eretz Zeishemen Udvash Wheat and Barley Grapes Figs Pomegranates and, uh, and, and, and dates. So if, if one of these fruits is involved, so then you make the very pure eights on the min shiva, and you eat the apple later. So min shiva again, Eretz Yisrael, right, sitting here in, in, in New York, somehow or other Eretz Yisrael is determining the priority in terms of making brachos. And finally, the, the last example I'd like to mention is in, in Berkas Hamozom. The Gemara says that if one doesn't mention Eretz Yisrael in benching, so one has not fulfilled the mitzvah of Berkas Hamozom. And in fact, we know that of the three brachos which are midoraisa in Berkas Hamozom, so the second bracha is identified by Chazal as Birkas Haaretz, that the primary theme of the second bracha of Birkas HaMozon, in fact, is Al Haaretz Vala Mozon, is thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Eretz Yisrael. Now, to understand the significance of this, that Eretz Yisrael is so central, let's perhaps focus on that last example of Birkas HaMozon. Why is it that Eretz Yisrael is so central to Birkas HaMozon? Right here, I'm sitting in, in New York, so I enjoyed a good meal, and I was satiated, so I have a chiyav to, to say Birkas HaMozon. Why is it that Eretz Yisrael looms so large within that Birkas HaMozon? The truth is that when one goes back to the Psukim and Chumash, where the mitzvah of Birkas HaMozon is presented, so then the question is accentuated. Because the mitzvah of Birkas HaMozon is presented to us in the midst of a discussion of Eretz Yisrael. The Torah says, Ki Hashem Elokecha Mibiach Eretz Tova. Eretz Nachle Moyim Ayonus Ushalmos Yotzen Barbika Uvahot. The Torah Continues, Eretz Hashelovim is Kainus Tochal Bo Lechem, Losech Sarkol Bo, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right here in the 40th year, B'nai Yisrael are on the threshold of Eretz Yisrael, about to enter Eretz Yisrael, so Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, you should know that imminently HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to bring you into a wonderful land, unequaled, unparalleled. And he describes, he describes the, the wells and the springs in Eretz Yisrael, and he describes the the, 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 the plenitude which will be found in Eretz Yisrael. And then in that context, 
in that context, the Torah says, "Va'achalta v'savata." You'll eat and be satiated with Vayrachta Hashem Alakecha, and you'll bench. You'll thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu Ala Eretz So this is really curious, right? This this really provokes us. The, the mitzvah of benching again, which seemingly is totally, totally unrelated to Eretz Yisrael. So not only does the Torah require that we integrate into benching the theme of Eretz Yisrael, and that we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Eretz Yisrael, but the whole mitzvah is presented within the framework of a discussion and description of Eretz Yisrael. So what is my, uh, what, what is my pastrami on rice sandwich uh, sitting in the York have to do with Hashem Elokecha Mviyacha Eretz Tova? I went to the Lower East Side. I didn't go to, I didn't go to, to, to Yerushalayim to procure the, the pastrami on rice. So later in Parshas Ekev, in the same Parsha, the Torah again r- returns and describes in, in most glowing terms Eretz Yisrael. And the Torah concludes that discussion and description of Eretz Yisrael with the following pasuk: Eretz Asher Hashem Elokecha Doresh Asa. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is constantly mindful of Eretz Yisrael. As it were, it's always on his radar screen. Tomid Eine Hashem ba constantly, without cessation, without interruption, the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyochol are affixed on Eretz Yisrael. Rashi quotes a comment from Chazal what do you mean that Eretz Yisrael is the land Asher Hashem Elokecha Doresh also? Vahalo af kol ha'aratzos hu Doresh? Isn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu mindful of the entire world? Doesn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu exercise divine providence over all of creation? Over every land? Over every continent? Elek Tiviyochel says Rashi Eino Doresh Ela Osa as it were, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mindful only of Eretz Yisrael. Kaviyochol eino doresh ela osa. Ve'al yidei osa dirisha shedoresha doresh es kol ha'aratzos ima. And it is only through that concern, through that preoccupation with Eretz Yisrael, that it spills over and encompasses the rest of the world. And it's the concern for Eretz Yisrael, again, which overflows and encompasses the rest of the world. The Ramban elaborates on this a little bit. The Ramban says, Yeshbo sod omuk. There is a very deep and profound secret here. In truth, the Ramban says, the entire world, the entire creation is sustained through Eretz Yisrael because of its connection, because of its organic connection 
to Eretz Yisrael. What does this mean? What, what does this mean? What does it mean that Kaviyochol HaKadosh Baruch Hu is focused on Eretz Yisrael, but then there's an overflow? That Kaviyochol, the whole world is sustained through Eretz Yisrael. So what the Ramban really means, what the Sod Omok really is, 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 is not for me to decipher. But superficially, I think we can understand a little bit of this idea. But to do so, I think we have to be cognizant of a certain pattern, very fundamental pattern within the Bria within creation. In the Brach of Havdallah, we speak of Hamavdil ben Kodesh Lachol, ben Or Lachoshech, ben Yisrael Amim, ben Yom Hashvi Yilashashas Yemehamasa. It's axiomatic to the world, to all of creation, that there's Havdallah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Kodesh, intrinsically sanctified and HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Chol that which has not been intrinsically sanctified but rather that which we are called upon to sanctify and this notion of Havdolah again is axiomatic to the entire world right it's, it's axiomatic to time in a temporal sense of Havdolah Ben Yom Hashvi l'sheishes yimei hamasa, ben Or l'choshach. In a geographic sense, there's havdola between Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael mukudeshas mishoha rotzos, vis-a-vis the rest of the world. Shabbos is mukudash from all days of the week, and Kal Yisrael, of course, is mukudash. Let's look for a moment at the relationship between Yom HaShvi and Sheshes Yemei HaMaisa to try to understand exactly what the dynamic is here within the Havdolo. On Shabbos, as we all know, so we're prohibited from doing Malacha. Right? There are 39 categories of Malacha. There are Lamites of us Malachas. And where are the Avas Malachas derived from? So we know that it's derived from the Smichus HaParshios and Parshas Vayakel, the fact that the Torah juxtaposes the Malachas HaMishkan with the Parsha Shabbos. And that juxtaposition teaches us that those Malachas, those forms of labor which had to be performed in the course of constructing the Mishkan, it's those forms of labor which are prohibited in Shabbos, right? And of course, that's the, the source for all of Hilchas Shabbos. Harorin hatluyin b'sayra. That one little illusion in Torah again, that's the foundation for all of Masach Shabbos, for all of Orachayim Hilchas Shabbos. When one thinks about it, Alpiagoda, so that derivation is very paradoxical. It's very paradoxical that the Malachos, which were 
undertaken in the course of constructing the Mishkan that those very malachos are the ones which are identified as being prohibited on Shabbos. Why? Because when you think about doing malacha on Shabbos, so one's immediate association is that to do malacha on Shabbos is to profane Shabbos. As the term Chil Shabbos connotes, it's to profane Shabbos. So malacha then represents, again, something profane. And it's very paradoxical but somehow or rather the malachas which were used to create Kedusha, the malachas which were necessary to construct the Mishkan, to induce Hashras Hashchina of the Osuli Mikdash V'Shachanti V'Socham, that it's precisely those malachas which are then considered an act of prof- profaning. It's very ironic. We would have expected there should be some other source for the Isim Allah on Shabbos. And then perhaps the Torah would tell us, and this prohibition is so far-reaching and all-encompassing that you can't even do the Malacha for the sake of the Mishkan. No, the Torah tells us, you know those Malachas which generate Kedusha? Those Malachas which create Kedusha? Precisely those Malachas, if you do them... A profanation of Shabbos. That's a way of profaning Shabbos. So what's to be understood from this paradox? The answer is that the Torah is telling us that the key and the secret to any endeavor during Sheshes Yumei Hamasa, during the weekday, to create Kedusha, to generate Kedusha, the key to that is in observing Shabbos. That, it's, that the relationship really is, that the true relationship is, that these malachas are only capable of creating Kedusha and generating Kedusha because we're Mekadesh, these, by abstaining on Shabbos. And that's the true relationship between Shabbos and the Malachas Mishkan. How is it possible? How is it possible that we generate, that we can create Kedusha through what we do? How is it possible that through acts of being Choresh, plowing, and through acts of being Zareya and planting, and through acts of, of cooking, and through acts of writing and building and, 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 uh, and creating fire, that we can create Kedusha? The answer is because we abstain from these malachas and Shabbos. We abstain from these malachas and Shabbos. We anchor what we do during the week in Kedusha Shabbos so that creates the potential during the week to generate Kedusha. And that's what the Torah has in mind with the Smichas HaParshios between Shabbos and the Mishkan that the secret to creating Kedusha on Sunday through Friday is the abstaining, is the withdrawal, is the being rooted and anchored in Kedusha Shabbos. And that's what the relationship is between Shabbos and the Mishkan. Now what that suggests, what that suggests is that our Avodah, to live and lead a sanctified life 
even during Sheshit Mehamasa, Sunday to Friday, when there is no intrinsic sanctity to the time, to the day, that what makes that possible, what facilitates that, is the fact that we're anchored in Shabbos. That Shabbos is the lifeline for the Sheshit Mehamasa. And in fact, that's when we say in L'chododi that Shabbos is a Makor HaBrocha, that's what it means. That Shabbos is the lifeline for the Sheshes Yimei HaMaseh. Now having recognized that, so then I think we can proceed to understand that this same relationship exists within all of the fundamental havdalos, again, which are, are axiomatic to the entire world. And the same way, again, our activities during the Sheshas Yemei Hamasa have to be rooted and anchored in Shabbos, hence the Smichas HaPashios, that you have to abstain from Zoraya and Shabbos in order to create Kedusha by being Zoraya during the week, the same holds true for the Havdalah between Eretz Yisrael and Sha'or Aratzos. It's only when Eretz Yisrael is the center of the world, when the whole world revolves around Eretz Yisrael, when the whole world again draws from Eretz Yisrael, so only then can we live again, can, can, can outside of Eretz Yisrael, places which are not wholly be populated. The same way a person can only undertake to live Sheshes Yemei a person can only live those days with sanctity if he's rooted, anchored in, Eretz, in Shabbos, so too, life anywhere, anywhere in the globe, can only be a life of Kedusha if the connection to Eretz Yisrael exists. And the same way, if Sheshes Yimei Hamasa are not anchored in Kedusha Shabbos, so then there's no potential anymore to sanctify or to lead a sanctified existence during Sheshes Yimei Hamasa, so too, if Sha'or Aratzos are not anchored, are not rooted in Eretz Yisrael, there's no possibility, again, of, of living a life of Kedusha elsewhere. And that's what the Ramban means, that Kol Ha'aratzos, Misparnasos, Mimeno Ve'emes, that throughout the Bria, Kedusha is the lifeline for Chol. That that which is sanctified is the source of life, is the lifeline for that which is mundane. Shabbos is the source of Kedusha, is the lifeline for the Sheshes Yemei Hamasa, and in the same sense, Eretz Yisrael is the source of Kedusha for the entire world. It's the lifeline, the source of life for the entire world. It's remarkable to notice, again, we spoke about these fundamental havdolos, 
Ben Kodesh Lachol, Ben Ola Choshech, Ben Yisrael Anim, Ben Yom Hashvi Lashesh Simeonaisa. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu distinguished between that which is sanctified, that which is mundane, between Shabbos and the week, between the Jewish people and the nations of the world, between light and darkness. Now each of these Havdalos in turn is linked to Eretz Yisrael. Day and night. So again, we reviewed the halacha, how Eretz Yisrael dictates the calendar. The Havdalah of Or and Choshech, of time, of, of Or Lechoshech, and Yom Ashri Lechesh that Havdalah depends upon Eretz Yisrael. But even the Havdalah of Ben Yisrael Anim, Rashi tells us at the beginning of Parshas Lech Lecha, of Lech Lecha Me'artzecha Umimolantzecha Mibes Avicha La'aretz Asher Ha'eka Ve'eschah Le'goy Godel Right? So we all remember Rashi quotes that Sham if you, Avram Avinu, will go to Eretz Yisrael, there you'll merit children, there you'll become the progenitor of Kal Yisrael. So the very formation, the very emergence of Kal Yisrael is inextricably in- intertwined with Eretz Yisrael, with Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, so each of the Havdalas ultimately come back to the Havdalah of Eretz Yisrael from all other places within the universe. And the idea again in each instance is that Kedusha is the lifeline for Chol. Yom Hashvi for Sheshes Yimei The light of the moon is a reflection from the light that we have during the day. Klal Yisrael, again, ultimately, ultimately, by bringing the Geula, comes to a time when Umala Oretz Deus Hashem, Kamayim Layam Mechasim, again, it's a lifeline, it's a source of life for everyone, for all peoples. So when we think about Eretz Yisrael, and when we think about a crisis engulfing Eretz Yisrael, it's not only, not that this needs to be supplemented, it's not only that Achenu, Bnei Yisrael, and Eretz Yisrael are in mortal danger, but it's our lifeline also. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't relate sufficiently we don't empathize sufficiently with that basic, basic fact that Achenu, B'nai Yisrael, in Eretzel are in mortal danger. It's that, and it's even more than that. Again, Eretz Yisrael is the lifeline for any aspiration for Kedusha anywhere. Because it's only because of the relationship, again, between Eretz Yisrael and the Sh'or Ratzos it's only because of that relationship that we're able to function much less strive for Kedusha 
anywhere. And hence, in Birkas HaMozon, why does the Torah frame the mitzvah of Birkas HaMozon in the midst of its discussion of Eretz Yisrael? What is the enjoyment, the benefit which I had from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's munificence in Chutzlaretz? What does that got to do with Eretz Yisrael? So the answer is that Eretz Yisrael is the lifeline. And whether I'm aware of it or unaware of it, we're always, always totally dependent, again, both physically and spiritually, on the welfare of Eretz Yisrael.